0: Graphic Nature acknowledges the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record the show and pay our respects to the elders past, present and future and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Fighting for what's right, for justice, that's what a hero does. It is my opinion. Without any reasonable doubt and without any reservation that comic books are an important contributing factor in many cases of juvenile delinquency. Comic books are pure evil. Satan himself condemns our children to the fiery depths of hell. How a particular tale can come to life in the mind of a reader is endlessly fascinating to me. We have found that all comic books have a very bad effect on teaching the youngest children the proper reading techniques. This balloon print pattern prevents them. I am not a villain. I am a victim. A victim of a society that tortured me. Vengeance will be mine. It will be mine. Welcome to Graphic Nature, a fortnightly podcast exploring the inspiring world of comic books, the culture that supports it, the creators, publishers and people behind the printed pages and digital screens pushing the medium on into the future here in Australia and the world. I'm Zoran Ilewski and on this episode of Graphic Nature, the podcast, we have comics creator extraordinaire, Jess Kitty Parker. How are you going? Good, thank you. And welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming in. How about we just get right into it? Cool comics and you how did this start
1: um, about f- uh, four years ago I joined squish face three or four years ago mm-hmm. and um, that really got me started in the in like the local scene in Melbourne yep um, so that was really probably the first big step I made before that I was living in Sydney and I was like searching all the stuff that was happening with illustration and comic making, and yep. a lot of the stuff was happening in Melbourne. So I made a decision to move here. Wow. Okay. Sydney, so. so
0: comics brought you to Melbourne. Yep. Holy moly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there isn't that much going on in Sydney because it seems like there's quite a lot.
1: There's more now. This oh, was right. a few years ago. So yeah, like right. I feel like um, yeah, that's probably changed a bit now. But yeah.
0: I mean, that's one thing, like going okay, I'm going to make the decision, but but. What was the impetus to get into it in the first place? Did you start out as like when you were a kid when you know, oh, I'm just going to draw, I want to just want to draw mm-hmm. or was it a was it a concerted effort on your part as you got a little bit older going, I'm going to head down towards illustration and then you veered to hey, this is pretty cool? But mm-hmm. like, how was how was that? How did you go from Jess to Jess Kitty Parker.
1: <laughs> um, so I, I'd, I've always drawn and I've always been writing ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I had a comic book that I would all draw, and like my friends and I would draw, and it passed around in a circle and continuous story kind of thing. Yeah, right. So I was doing that kind of stuff. And then I was also painting. I got really into painting when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about comics as anything. My parents were very much against me studying art and I was very impractical. Really? Mm, I was very daydreamy <laughs> and um, they really wanted me to be Kind of apply myself to my studies and things. So, I graduated and I got into art school, but um, I wasn't allowed to go. So I didn't go to art school. I, I got a sort of a, a media degree, and I got a job in a film magazine when I graduated. And I was like, "Well, this isn't hard. Doing not doing what you want to do is hard." Yeah. So then I made the decision to move and kind of do what I wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. But I went to. Um, I was working full time, and then I used that money to pay to go to Julian Ashton's in the Rocks in Sydney, and I had this. What's really, that? It's like a really classical. It's like this art school. It's really tiny, and they teach really classical kind of line drawing through the um, uh, oil painting. Yeah, right. And I had this really cool teacher called Rodney Wong, and um, he really upped my ability to draw. Awesome. So I was there for a few nights a week, and then um yeah, and then I moved. Wow, and it was just a friend. Moving was just a friend of mine saying, "I got a room. If you can get act together in two weeks, and then I applied for a job and got a job and moved.
0: That's <laughs> pretty really well, quick. in <laughs> holy really moly, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and and so uh, it, uh, just to touch back on to the the comics that you and your friends would draw. Yeah, was it you know the introduction to let's say visual narrative where where did that come from did you read stuff when you were a kid or
1: yeah when i was really little my dad would bring me back like stuff in the news agency like little comics like um, mm-hmm. casper and things like that and i thought that was cool but yeah. i didn't really think about people making them when i was like yeah, right. six or whatever yeah. but um yeah and then um it was just something fun to do with my friends because they were all kind of creative i went to a performing arts high school so they're all kind of like creative kids and stuff yeah so um what a life yeah it was it was <laughs> yeah so that was fun yeah
0: how's all that reading now translated uh not only uh, as a creator but uh now you know being a little older and you know are you more discerning with what you read obviously
1: no i like i love trash and i love really um high, what i guess people would consider highbrow stuff too Ooh, like what?
0: tell me about the trash <laughs> i don't
1: know like
0: well I, when you say trash what do you mean like, i should say
1: like she hulk and like hawkeye and things like that like i like that like i like superhero stuff but i also like uh, you know what people consider graphic novels and stuff. I don't think you should be – same with film. Like I don't think – I'm not too discerning mm-hmm. about, you know, you enjoy what you enjoy kind of a thing and I just appreciate a good story and it, it doesn't really matter. Okay, yeah.
0: well then considering that you, you, said, you said story, let's go through that uh, and break that down a little bit. What kind of stories do you gravitate towards?
1: Um, I don't know. I think it's – I think stuff that you can see yourself in is really important and uh, stories about, I guess – I like. I really like coming of age stories. I mm-hmm. think that's something like most people really gra- like gravitate towards. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Compelling characters, like characters have a point and they want something and they're going for something. Like I enjoy stories like that. I think most people do.
0: Being a creator, does that also inform the type of stuff you read or um, the type of stuff you gravitate towards?
1: I think it. I think it affects the way I appreciate things. Like I can see the work that goes into something, and I can see, like with visuals and comics, like um, you know. How, how people get to where they get to, and I can appreciate that and all the skill that goes into it kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's part of it. And, I, and, I, and I, I think some people have a thing where they can enjoy a story if it's well-written, but the illustrations aren't that great. Yeah, and, right. Um, like vice versa kind yeah. of a thing. And I, I really, like, I care about both, I guess. Like, being a creator, I think that kind of makes me really care about that.
0: Yeah, I think look, I'm not a creator, and, and I think for me, uh, it I get really upset depending on, on how it's put together. And for me, for a long time, it was really hard for me to read a book or a, a story where the illustration was not you know was not as highly stylized as it was when I was a kid and the stuff that I was reading when I was you know an adolescent versus now uh, you know that kind of stuff is kind of great but it still looks very static whereas a uh, someone who's a little freer in their in their actual arm when they're drawing it 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 I don't know it opens it up a little bit more and you know I'm and stories now kind of fit a lot more with with that type of art for me don't get me wrong I still like my highly highly stylized kind of uh, line work and and figure drawing and all that kind of stuff and it looks amazing you know when you get the right artist on it it looks unbelievable but uh yeah I, I would imagine nowadays for the most part stories kind of outweigh the art for me Definitely. a lot and of the times
1: yeah and I mean that's I mean that's a lot of feedback I get from talking about people about comics is most people are concerned about the writer and aren't that concerned about who's illustrating it.
0: Yeah which is a quite a lot of particularly in the commercial arena it's Mm. a huge shift. Mm. I I find that I'm buying more and more or reading uh, and buying uh, (laughs) (laughs) more and more more and more stuff from you know some of the newer some of the newer publishers as well as you know some of the traditional like uh, image what image have done in the last 15 years is amazing but now you've got uh, new publishers like Black Mask mm. and Aftershock that are doing some amazing stuff mm. and even even some of the uh, small ones that are only releasing like two or three titles. I'm, you know, as a, as a reader, I'm finding it really hard to, to not buy things because it's like, oh, that looks really good and I've never heard of it. It might be interesting. Mm. Bang, you buy it and then unfortunately it's good and then you have to, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of keep buying it. Mind you, that's very different from, let's say, you as a creator. You know, everybody, uh, everyone that I know that I've spoken to over the last few years, uh, like yourself, who are creators, that it's time, time and and time, and that's it. It's the only thing that's really stopping you from doing more. What do you think would benefit everybody to kind of, you know, get more stuff going, get get more of these uh, more of these books out?
1: I think I think there's lots of um, funding opportunities out there at the moment, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, and I think I th- like there's a lot of competition, and there's like a lot of demand for it, kind of a thing. So it's like I guess it's the demand, and then the availability of like support, because it does cost a lot of money to like self publish things. And, and yeah, I mean a lot of people are, are using crowdfunding. Like we um, for the last the studio did a um, anthology, mm-hmm. and Ben and I did a possible for that
0: oh this is for Squishface like, Squish Face down? Squish
1: in Bronstown, yeah all, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we got people from the studio contribute pages for that and we funded that yeah yeah I think it's I think it's just a time thing of like having a steady income and I guess a part of like having a steady income and then having the time to create as well which I think is a balancing act everyone's trying yeah. to do and also having the audience in Australia be a bit smaller than like internationally kind of a thing so yeah it's just finding where to support yourself and keep creating and i, I you're doing it for the love more than the money I guess yeah, creator,
0: yeah I especially. imagine I imagine a lot of the independent comic book creators are doing the same thing just yeah. purely for love and and I imagine that anyone that would turn around and give them a whole stack of money to say hey would you like to do this for a lot longer mm. for a big amount of time mm. uh, they would say yes
1: mm. but I mean that's there's, there's something really great in having like I've I want to do my own work, and as, an, as a writer illustrator, that's means that I can I can just rely myself to like make something. But doing paid work like pushes me, like f- like funds me, but also pushes me to try different things and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So that's it's kind of an important part of it yeah, as well. Right. So yeah,
0: almost kind of like a, a limitation or here is the box, and see if you can work within it mm. and see what you can come up with kind and of thing. Make it work for you, yeah. Yeah, right. Cool. That is very cool. Uh, now, when it comes to your worker, let's say for instance. Uh, how critical are you when looking at your work? So
1: critical, so critical, and I think a lot of creators are that it's it almost stops you, and you kind of have to keep just keep powering. Like I think, like I'm definitely my own critic, like <laughs> for sure. But I think that's kind of important to get better as well to keep pushing yourself. So um, yeah, just like like not letting it stop you but right. like yeah so you're heavily critical then absolutely i reckon
0: yeah for sure albeit it is helpful and it can push you in places where you necessarily wouldn't go does it ever get too overwhelming like you know do you you know how far do you go do you have a limit and say well that's enough or what yeah. what's what's the driver behind behind that
1: um, as in like saying something's finished and then yeah. moving on from it. Yeah, that I think is just being like, well, that's done. Um, there's, I was talking to this with someone the other day, another creator, and they were saying that it's that thing that where you're, you have better taste than your skills will allow you, like sometimes you hit points like that. And right now with my own work, I feel like I'm on the cusp of kind of really jumping forward in what I'm doing, um, especially in my drawing and stuff. And when you're on that cusp, it's sometimes frustrating, but it's also really great because you're getting better. Like that's important. So. Yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense. And, and I know exactly what you mean.
1: The really great thing about um, uh, being part of the studio and also meeting a lot of creators in Melbourne is you can talk about that kind of thing with mm-hmm. them. And they tend to be a lot more supportive of your work than you are sometimes. So it, so it creates this really nice support network kind of a thing. Yep. And you can kind of provide the same thing for them. So that's really cool. That's a really cool thing that's also a part of it.
0: That creators community. Yeah. How do you deal with criticism externally or external criticism, I should
1: say? Um, I, think, I think as I've gotten, as I've progressed, it's not, Criticisms not so much a part of how I like work now. It's not. It's it's more changes and mm-hmm. like updates and things that people want. So it's not really stuff I see as a criticism. It's more like things they're requesting from me kind yeah, of a right. thing. Yeah, So it's I haven't had someone say they're not happy with something for like a while. So yeah, I think I am my own like my own voice <laughs> yeah, right. critic really. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, and I also think it's also that people know my work, so they come to me knowing what I do, so and that's what they're going to get. So,
0: well, would it be right to say then that because a lot of independent artists and creators are creating something that's brand new, more often than not, people have a little less expectation as to what they're going to get. All they're really looking oh. for is a good story.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Right, and so in that respect, do you think that you know if anyone at any time has given you any criticism, has it has it affected you? Personally or affected your art and how you've come about or how you work.
1: Um, like for my own work mm-hmm. that I've like written and yep. illustrated. Um Criticism's my own work that I've written and illustrated. I like I absolutely take like I it's often more that, like, I'm working on something then I come to someone being like, I'm not sure about this. Does this read properly? Yeah. Can you understand this? Are you, I think it's really important to not work in a bubble because then you can, like, develop bad habits or develop something that's really idiosyncratic to you and you understand what's happening but yeah. nobody else does and that's not making good art because if you can not communicating properly then that's a problem. Um, so, like, I think that's really important and so, like, I absolutely take, like, constructive criticism on board and I often seek it and I think that's an important part of being an artist yeah. is, is being, like, I, I need... I need help or criticism or whatever with this. Yeah, it's not, and that's often I go to other artists that I like like their work and, and, and want their opinion and mm-hmm. they do something really well that I admire and I'm like, I would like help from them kind of a thing.
0: Do you approach, let's say, uh, uh, let's flip it and let's say I bring something to you now mm. and say, what do you think? Mm. Uh, how, how do you approach that, that uh, let's say community, the creator exchange yeah. of, of ideas and criticism?
1: I think it's, because I, I, like I, w- I know how hard it is and how much you have to sacrifice and how much you have to work on something to make it. So criticizing something for someone, I think, is a really – you take it seriously kind of yeah. thing and don't be flippant anything you think about what you're saying. So I've learned when people do that with me, I, um, I ask them exactly what they're asking for. Because I think if someone comes to you and they've made something and it's finished and they're like, this is the thing I made, they just want you to be like – pat them on the back and say they've done a great job, which – that's fine. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, often I think, yeah, I think if you want criticism, you need to know what you're asking and what you want feedback on. And often it's really specific, like. Yeah, right. Okay. Like, that's so,
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: I think that's the best way to get criticism is to have a question in mind. And I, because I think it's unfair to come to someone and just be like, I want general criticism from them because then they basically have to make stuff up and it's a lot of work for them.
0: <laughs> with, with asking the type of, que- you know, with asking a particular question uh, in regards to criticism, wouldn't that color? the criticism
1: yeah because you know I guess you know what you're expecting then and
0: but that's my point like so how do I know let's say I come to you and I say hey check out this eight page book yep. eight page story that I've written what do you think Yeah, and so wouldn't that allow you to then be able to express what you actually think rather than say uh, you know Asking about specific things, of how do you feel about my panel layout? How yeah, do you feel? Like about I'd my... ask
1: you, yeah, do you want do you want feedback on your panel layout or character development or like what 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 are you worried about? Uh, what like if about
0: someone the, said everything?
1: Everything because I don't think no because I don't think someone would because I think they're trying to do something mm-hmm. and I think they come I think everyone creates something trying to do something so yeah. it's like well what are you trying to do and then I think in explaining that you can give them relevant feedback so I think I think you, I think just coming to something cold and giving your feedback on it would – I don't know I think that that's I think you're just bound to like you don't want to stop someone being creative and I think a part of it is support as, as well kind of a thing I don't know that's that's for me criticising other people I guess I yeah well that.
0: that's more a point I was trying to make I personally can be very critical uh, mm. of people showing me things or hey have a listen to this or mm. check this out mm. and, um,
1: and I, I think that's important if you have knowledge about something and you're passing it on that's cool yeah if that makes
0: sense well I mean m- more often than not mine are just kind of rants and yelling at the wall yeah <laughs> um, to myself really because yeah. no one else is listening but but it's that whole thing of you know I've been reading comics for a very long time and I know a lot of other people have too mm. and every now and then you know pick, particularly picking up something that is commercially published and looking at it and going how did this get through the editors how did mm. this get through the art you know just
1: time just, I'd say because I bash stuff out a lot of the time when I look at stuff I'm like well clearly this was well,
0: but it's, I don't this. think it's good enough mm. like you know it's it's I think everyone would much rather. Hey, put it every two week, every two months. Put it out every two months. This or, is
1: something I hear a lot. Yeah. You
0: know, it's I would much rather something delayed and done well, mm. and be willing to put over my money for it mm. rather than you know someone just kind of banging it out. Mm. And you know, and I get from some perspective now with digital, with almost the whole commercial uh, comics industry working digitally, because so much of it can just be manipulated really quickly. It makes a lot of sense. But again, I just, I, I want the work there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about digital. How do you feel about digital art? Um, or working I'd, in digital mediums?
1: So I'd, for my own work, I, I use traditional media. And, mm-hmm. um, but when I, a lot of the time when I do client work, I work digitally just because if they want to update colours or um, update certain aspects, yeah. um, it's it's quicker and it makes sense to have it all done digitally so that I can like edit things fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, but... Um, unless they specifically request that they want ink work, which is, some, like, sometimes they do, so that's what I do. you <laughs> I charge like, them all? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but, like, I mean, also with digital, draw, sitting down and drawing something digitally and sitting down and drawing something physically it takes roughly the same amount of time because yeah. you still have to draw it. There's no quick fix. Um, yeah, and, like, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, too, and they were saying, you know, even if you create things physically, eventually they're going to become digital anyway because that's how print works. Like, everything gets scanned, everything, yeah. you know. Um, so it, it all ends up that way anyway.
0: Going to the days of original art, unfortunately. Well,
1: not, not necessarily. Oh, not necessarily. No, you're <laughs> right, like, you're right. Like it's still it's, – like I work that way. Lots of people work that way. I, work, I think it's important to know both because I think that's where the industry is at and a lot of the stuff that's getting published. like, But a lot of – like internationally is like digital. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I know lots of people do. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people who, who speak to me are like really happy that I that I work with ink and stuff. But – um, and that's cool and I'm, I absolutely still want to keep doing that especially for my work but I don't know if anything gets digital art like I think I can think it look really cool and stuff so
0: yeah I think for me it's it's the uh, it's the aesthetic mm. is you do you do from what I understand you do lose quite a lot mm. from the transference like if someone There's if you got, yeah. yeah if you' got someone to draw it on paper and you got someone to do it digitally mm. they do look different mm. and, uh, and 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 some artists nowadays just you know the line work looks completely different and it's a shame because I and and, well it's only a shame that I suppose if you're if all you see is a particular artist and they've ever only ever done digital work you're not going to be able to make the comparison Mm. aside from getting them to draw on a piece of paper and go oh look at that that's a bit different but uh, you inherently you can still see the artist in there. But yeah, I have, I'm, you know, I struggle. I struggle with, you know.
1: I guess, I guess I feel that both take drawing skills. You have drawing skills. If you're drawing digitally, like it's like, so it's like, so I'm like, that's, that's cool with me. (laughs) That's fine.
0: So you don't mind working on either? I don't mind working on either, no. Mm.
1: But, um, I like, I prefer working with ink just because it's fun and messy and you get happy mistakes and things like that. And so there you go. I enjoy that.
0: I find that working, you know, if you do stuff digitally, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot quicker to move through different iterations, but you don't, you know, it's almost you don't get to see unless you're saving every every change with a different name, mm. particularly anything major, mm. it can be a bit tough when you're working in that respect.
1: Mm. I, like I often find as well if I draw something, <laughs> I'll draw something once and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, that's not. Right, I'll redraw that, and then I'll always end up going with the thing I draw the first. I drew the first time, like as well, just because it's got something nice to it that's mm. more spontaneous, kind of a thing.
0: I think yeah, and I think it's it's much like most art, though, isn't it? That you get to a point where, uh, let's say, you're writing a song, or you know, there's a couple of lyrics that are a bit iffy, but then you you try, you go down the road, you try all of this other, you know, all these other iterations, and then just go, you know what? Actually, that first one just worked. Mm. It worked. I don't know why it, it didn't make sense, but it worked. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit shit, isn't it? You have to put all that work in. <laughs> Only to find out that the thing that you came up initially was the best one. Oh, I've seen you at conventions. Uh, how do you find working or, you know, basically interacting at conventions?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty quiet person. So, no. <laughs> yeah, shockingly. <laughs> like, so many comic artists are. <laughs> like, um, so I think it's a confronting thing for most people, especially you're sitting there with something you've made and, like, watching people react to it.
0: Can um, be brutal.
1: Yeah, it can be brutal. But I think, but you know, I've been to things and bought stuff too. And, and, and I know that being at a convention can be overwhelming as well because you're mm-hmm. just inundated with all the stuff you want to look at. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I like, yeah, I enjoy selling my, like being there physically and like selling stuff to people is cool. And then people sending me, because I like um, make prints as well of certain things. And so, mm-hmm. like, people send me photos of stuff in their house. or oh, it's cool. Like, that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's good.
0: Have you done Have you done anything at uh, some of the bigger conventions? Some of the commercial, commercial. Conventions? No, I
1: tend to do more with like the indie ones. Yeah. Like, the biggest one of the year for me is Festival of Photocopier. That's really big. That's huge now. It's huge and awesome, and and I get to see everybody's work. That's the best thing about conventions is really walking around seeing every what everyone's done throughout the year. Kind of that's really great. So and it supports it creates a community and supports the community and keeps it from going and gives you deadlines so I, I really think important.
0: yeah they are generally like, the two that we've got in Melbourne the yeah. strictly comic ones which is uh, Home Cook Festival and Indie Comic Con mm. I went I went to both of them and they were amazing and like there was more people there from than from the year before yeah so the, the actual creators and the amount of work that's getting made is is, is growing mm. which and and, and not necessarily just in Melbourne, you know, so you've got cats from all over mm. coming down to, to do it, and I think it's unreal. And it's got, you know, and a lot of the times you're buying that stuff sight unseen. Mm. So I've never read it, I've met Hey, this looks kind of cool, pick it up, check it out. Mm. Uh, and I think that's great. I think, and they are important. It's
1: such a lot of work too to do all that stuff. It's oh, yeah, it's like, huge, yeah. So it's, it's awesome that it happens like each year. It's yeah, it's well, great. now,
0: yeah, we've got so we've got Home Cook coming up in, in August, goods, yeah. yeah, and then I think. Indie is still happening in November. So, yeah, that should be cool. Mm. What kind of comics are you reading now?
1: Um, I'm liking a lot of all ages stuff mm-hmm. um, just because it, it, there's lots of different stories happening in all ages stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there's um, like The the Prince and the Dressmaker is a really great book mm-hmm. that came out recently. Um, <laughs> I'm reading a whole bunch of, I'm so eclectic. I've got, so sitting on my bed next, like next to my bed is, um, Ugh, The Green of a Killer, um, graphic novel, yeah. and uh, uh, Sacred Heart, which is a book that everyone's been telling me to read that I haven't. I've just started, and then I've also got um, uh, I think it's Laura Dean Cutes Breaking Up with Me. Is oh, yeah. like, and yeah. so that, and so they're like the three books I'm reading now. Um, like one's about a serial killer, and one's about like queer teen love, and then the other one's like like about like youth and rock and stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like really <laughs> weird. It's a weird it mix. Makes-
0: I don't think there's a problem with that. I think for the most part, uh, I'm always looking for stuff that's going to knock me off my socks. And I think that's where I kind of get a bit tripped up myself and go, okay, I'll try that, I'll try that, I'll try that. And, you know, particularly the last few years, my collection is mainly number ones and number twos of okay. all these weird, weird mix. I've stayed away from a lot of the Mar- Marvel and DC stuff, mainly mm. because a lot of the times I know what I'm going to get. So I never talk them up. Cause it's like, man, I'm going to buy. You know, I love those characters, and I'm going to continue buying, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, two or three titles from them. But a lot of the times, the stories are already there. like I've read that story a million times, mm. and it can get a bit, you know, a mm. bit over it. And um, but I'm 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 always looking for for stuff that's going to something that's interesting, something that's brand new. I don't care if they still do the the nine, you know, the nine panel page, as long as the story's good. I mean, you look at what Pisco has been doing you know his whole career is built on on doing that, the nine panel page mm-hmm. but uh, though those books don't sound too crazy or eclectic it just yeah. sounds like you're reading good stuff
1: yeah just yeah just whatever grabs my attention really and, and then and then also stuff like Sabrina the teenage witch and daggy things like that.
0: <laughs> well that's apparently there's some good stories in there yeah there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I know a guy. I know a guy who read who read Archie. Like I never met anyone that read Archie.
1: So many people are reading Archie right now because of the whole Riverdale thing. Yeah, it's blows nuts, my mind. It's not
0: blows my mind. And then
1: we get people coming in saying um, that they're buying. They haven't bought an Archie Digest since they were like a kid, and they're now in their like 60s, kind of thing.
0: Now, just for clarification, you do work. I in, work in a so comic shop. You are listening to Jess Kitty Parker here on Graphic Nature, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we are all over social media. Well, not all over it, but we've got a few. We've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please jump on Facebook and like us if you're enjoying the show, as well as following us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all the details on the website, graphicnature.media. Thanks very much. This has been a Graphic Nature Public Service Announcement. Considering all the stuff that you're reading, uh, can you. Isolate some creative heroes mm-hmm. of yours.
1: Yep. I'd, I'd say uh, Becky Cloonan would be like a big influence kind of thing. And just she's, she's such a rock star kind of thing. She's yeah. really cool as well as being super talented. <laughs> and Fiona Staples... Um, who illustrates so Zaga, amazing so talented that's digital work that's amazing
0: it, it uh, is yeah. she is one of the best artists working today
1: yeah yeah and then oh Gillian Tamaki all time I, I think Gillian Tamaki's probably had the biggest influence on my work mm-hmm. in terms of tone probably yeah yeah because I just I just find her stuff really beautiful so and she's a writer creator as well so yeah I mean so is Becky Clinton and everything <laughs> but that's fine well,
0: how do you find the influences or their influences in your work
1: um I think uh, I think I think being women creating comics is like what was like like I think I just naturally gravitate towards mm-hmm. that kind of thing as well. But I think, in terms of, I think it's, like, just a confidence in their work and, like, striving for that kind of thing. Like, and I think that's kind of what about what you are talking about earlier with something seeming stilted. Yeah. Like, visually, I think it's, like, having that confidence. Um, well,
0: Becky Clunan's got some amazing line work.
1: Yeah, right? And I think a lot of that is, like, is, is confidence and mm-hmm. believing what you're doing and, like, just putting it out, that kind of thing. And I think that's something that I definitely strive for. Like, having that kind of – having that in my work is something I kind of, like, strive for.
0: All right. So let's say you're coming up with a brand-new idea. What's your process of – of implementing it, like is it a gestational mm-hmm. thing, or do you, do you, you know, start writing down furiously? How mm-hmm. do you, how do you go about working out on new ideas?
1: Um, I just write notes to myself on my phone, so I don't forget things. And then uh, I hate thumbnailing so much, so I thumbnail like five pages at a time and then draw them. Jesus. Um, and then, but like, yeah, and I just like I I plot out, and this is how I teach comics as well as like because I think it's just having. It's kind of a short attention span of stuff. Is I, I it's getting
0: harder and harder these days.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just, like I start off, I kind of make, I do it in my head, but like I teach people, write it down. I think about the beginning and the end and how I'm going to get from that beginning to the end and all the things I want to happen. Yeah. And then just filling in the details on what the characters would do kind of a thing. And so that's, I, it's a lot of daydreaming, like uh, I'm thinking about what characters would do, kind of a thing. It's not real work, Jess. It's not real. No, work. no. It's so. It's just simple, <laughs> is what it is. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, so just kind of um, thinking about that, and then and then like doing a little bit of thumbnailing, just because it, it, as much as I find it uh, boring, because it's I think it's like a wasted drawing time because you've yeah. you, you've done something. But it's like, really
0: important though.
1: So important. That's your map. So important because it yeah. makes you think about how your pages could look better and it's like you could just bash something out and that's fine. If you thumbnail it first, you can think about compositionally like something that could be so much better yeah. and it's worth doing, absolutely. When you have a finished product, that's better because of it. But um, yeah, a, lot so. of the,
0: a lot of the pros do the same thing. They'll sit there, they'll, they'll do – I mean they do you know, really quick thumbnails mm. but um, I, I know a few of them will nut out an entire, an entire book and then blow up the thumbnails – Wow. And then draw, and then just do the finishes over the top of the thumbnail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. But it makes a lot of sense. What do you do after the thumbnail?
1: Uh, and then I get, um, and then I just grab a pencil and start roughing out the page. It'd mm-hmm. be really messy, and then I kind of, it's, and I just kind of like, figure out the lines from that kind of thing um so that page is all scuffed and disgusting (laughs) and then like like i grab a light box and and ink and like and go over that from there kind of a thing because the page normally by the time i finish drawing on it is kind of
0: yeah right so you go straight to straight to ink
1: Mm, so it's like so it's like like one rough and then ink oh wow pretty much if i can if i can do that and there's like not a change i want to make kind of a thing but yeah
0: what do you do if there's a change
1: because I I like a really nice looking page in the end, but I I'm from seeing everybody else work. Like you just grab a piece of scrap paper and stick it over, or grab some white out, or whatever you need to <laughs> yeah. do to keep going. Classic, kind of like, yeah. classic
0: move. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's only so much that the paper can handle before before it can you know can take any more lead or any more ink.
1: Yeah, but I think I think I'm getting I'm getting like better at that like, like as well. I think. And like is that a,
0: is that a confidence thing?
1: absolutely yeah yeah for sure it's a confidence thing
0: well you go I've, I've dealt with this before yeah, yeah. there we go yeah, there's yeah, the yeah. line mm, mm. on the money mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to worry about it anymore yeah
1: and also just yeah and just being like that looks good I don't have to overthink it keep going kind of thing like yeah
0: and so then you've got your you got your eight page book mm-hmm. ready to go mm-hmm. and you know, so you see. So then you're scanning it.
1: Scanning it. I got. A, I invested in my own scanner, which is which I'm happy about. I know. Good for you. <laughs> so so I'm all set up with that. So that's that's good.
0: And that's and that's kind of the the other thing too is a lot of people don't realise how much money yeah, it actually costs. Yeah. it's huge. And I've
1: got a like a sur- like a um like a Surface that I that I like a um like Surface Pro a Surface Pro, but not that, but like yeah, that right. kind of thing, like like where, a tablet, like a tablet. Yeah, right. that I that I draw on as well. That's like so. Like I used like the both of those
0: to kind of get right. everything
1: together.
0: I'm not even – I wouldn't even classify myself as an artist. But buying one of those, one of those brush pens, mm. and like a good one, mm. is 10 bucks. Mm. 10 bucks a pop. And then cartridge is five bucks, you know, and so on and so forth. Mm. Gray leads are nice and cheap, but yeah, I'm, you know. I'm going.
1: I'm going through a thing now. Where I'm looking for no, more pens. Like I've got the ones that I like, but I'm like, I want something a bit more finer that I can do more detail with. So I'm yeah. like auditioning a bunch of pens. like bought a whole stuff online. like a bunch of stuff online. It's, yeah, it's a I've, big d- investment. I've done that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I've done that. You can get like thirty bucks. You can buy a good good selection and basically just try them all out mm. and see so how you go. So there's some places online that are, that do that really well. Mm. And That's kind of cool. Mm. Um I've never I can't justify the kind of money on on pens.
1: But I do I think it's that it's so it's a lot of money but it consumes so much of your time that mm. it's like well it like it's it's kind of most of my free time is spent doing this thing so it's like yeah worth <laughs> investing in.
0: Now that now that you got you got your book you're ready, it's scanned, it's inked, it's ready to go. Mm. You're, you've taken it to the printers and now what do you do?
1: Mm. Well, see, going to the printers is actually a really fun step because a lot of people, like I know, there's like the comics creating industry and then mm-hmm. they also kind of bleed into like the printing, like the risograph scene in Melbourne yep. really cool. Um, so like doing that, like going to print and also kind of help with the printing and getting it together is like actually a really fun step. Yeah, so... That. I
0: suppose the sense of accomplishment is, like, here it is. It's yeah, just and amazing. you're st-
1: you're still kind of making something because you've yeah. got to, like, clay the pages and staple it all together and, like, that's, like, part of it too. Like, you're still making something, which is cool. So so what why do, like I've got yeah it's done, man, it's, it's done man it's done
0: they've given you the boxes you got the books in there you're like going sweet cool. so it's then all like, done so now then, what do I do so
1: people start sending me messages because i would be documenting it all and they'll be like why haven't you put it on your shop <laughs> <So> <laughs> why haven't I do you put that, it on your right, shop exactly so that I do that <laughs> and then I just like I normally time stuff so that there's like a week until the convention or whatever oh, so okay, that great. I've got a way to sell it Bringing it
0: back to the, dead, the whole deadline thing, and going, yeah. okay, this is where I'm going to premiere.
1: Yeah, so it's 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 and, and then like print enough so that I've got the stuff left over, and I'll take some stuff to the studio and things like that. And then I've got there's lots of options for selling things, lots of ways to kind of get stuff out there.
0: And where do you sit on, let's say web comics, for instance? Yeah. So you got some crew who will do will do a page a week or a page a day, mm-hmm. um, or a page a month, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then they just tally it up you just read it online mm-hmm. uh, have you thought about doing something similar have you done something similar
1: yeah so like um yeah so i've done i've so two separate things i've like i've done work for people where it's been published online mm-hmm. as like a web comic not like a serial thing but the whole thing kind of published at once like yeah that's like the kind of work i've done for the nib and mm-hmm. then stuff, explain the nib for people who the nib's know. an american publication online um, mm-hmm. and they've started make, making books and stuff now too yeah, and it's a lot of it's political work. So I'm working with journalists mm-hmm. on something they've written, and then I illustrate for them. So I've done a few things for them. Nice. It's it's really cool. You should check it out. Yeah. And then so that, and then in terms of sometimes I'll just sometimes I make little comics for myself, and then I'll pop them up on my Instagram and like just have them as like a little slideshow kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah, so I've done that a few times just with like sometimes diary things or like um, I sometimes do little like animal characters and stuff and just do a little comic, I've done a little comic with them and that's something I might make into like a little anthology like an, like, like an all-ages anthology kind of thing. And then the diary stuff, I enjoy doing it sometimes but like it's not – there's people that that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, that, like, I think that's something that's going with my work is that the kind of longer form work that I'm working on right now is like an all-ages kind of adventure thing – And then I've also written like a horror story. (laughs) And then, like,
0: where do you fit all this in? Teaching comics, drawing, (laughs) going to work. How do you, where do you find the time?
1: Yeah. I think it's that, I think it's the, like what lots of people find when they're, when they're drawn to this kind of stuff and they always kind of had been is you make time to do it because mm. it makes you happy. It's yeah. like, it's it's that thing of it's your, you get paid to do it into your work, but it also is something, it's like scratching an itch kind of thing. Like you yeah. kind of need to do it. And I like for myself and for a lot of the people I talk to, it's like, if you don't draw, you don't make something, you get a bit antsy and you feel a bit gross. And yeah, so yeah. is just something you kind of like a self-care kind of thing you need to keep kind of keep doing. Yeah, so I think I'm like, I'm... F- Playing with a bunch of different genres and trying a bunch of different things, and then right now I'm kind of enjoying it all. So, I, yeah. like, yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> can't choose. I can't choose. I'll just do them I'll, all. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's talk a bit about um, creating. Oh, not creating. Sorry. Uh, teaching. Teaching comics. Uh, teaching comics. How, how long have you been doing that for?
1: So, so like when I moved to Melbourne, I worked at the National Gallery for a while, like mm-hmm. working on the website, and then I decided that I need to make a decision like that's not kind of why I moved kind of a thing. So I was like, you need to like make time to do what you kind of came here to do. Yeah. So um, I started freelancing and I did that for two years. And so when I was doing that, I was teaching a fair bit and doing commissioned work. That was yeah. mainly what I was doing. So during that time, I was teaching a lot. Yeah. And then and then I was like, well, now I don't have time to work my own stuff because I'm so busy doing commissions. And then I got like a part time job. So I could <laughs> like focus more on my own stuff yeah. and make that decision and be more picky about the kind of client work I was doing. Yeah, so I was, so I, I got, I started teaching at the studio, and then I said, I've worked with like lots of libraries, and there's a big demand for teaching. So, and it's some, that's great because it means that lots of artists can like get support themselves that way, yeah. kind of a thing. But it's, I find I put a lot of myself into it, and like, I think it's definitely a rabbit hole I could kind of go down, and I like, I'm not quite ready for that yet, kind of a thing. Like, I want to keep focusing on my own work.
0: I think Good. a lot of a lot of people in a lot of industries fall in that same category because, mm, mm. on one hand, it's 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 fulfilling being able to mm. impart your skills and the stuff you've learnt mm. uh, to someone who's looking for the information or looking for some skill to upskill or whatnot. To use a really shitty word, but uh, yeah. but you know, but you know, even if it is just for the love of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've taught a few adult classes um, with, like, community centres and stuff, mm-hmm. but, I like, I've mainly taught children, and that's really cool. Like, seeing, like, a light go off in a kid's head yeah. that they understand something is so cool. And, like, um, I, think it was, I think it's that thing that I had when I was a kid where I didn't think about the process of making something, and then seeing, like, a kid get that is really special. Yeah. And especially, like, a lot of my classes are filled with girls and having, like, a lot of, like... Um, I make little booklets for them and teach them how to draw. And then I also bring in comics with me and place them on the table so they can look. So it's – and a lot of the books I bring in are by women. So it's like seeing this cool thing where they're like, oh, cool, this is something I'm a part of because I think there's that perception that yeah. it's a gendered thing and that's probably why I wasn't really heavily introduced to it when I was a, their age. And it's kind of super
0: thing. important. You're absolutely right. It's super important. Personally, when I started reading uh, Mind Blank, Matt Fraction's our partner, Kelly Sudaconic, yeah. Kelly Sudaconic. When she was doing, when she started writing Captain Marvel mm. uh, way back when, mm. it was amazing because I'd never read a book that had, that sounded so different. And mm. since that was, for me, that was, that was my light bulb. I'm going, what, what, have I, what has been going on all this time? Mm. Because now I'm reading something from someone's completely different perspective and it sounds completely different, and it was brand new. Where have women writers and comics been? Yeah, there I've been was a kept fi- out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole another conversation. But you know, but but for the you know, I wouldn't say casual reader, but for someone who who's always loved comics, and you know, you could throw any book at me, and I'll I'll give it a shot. Uh, when that was the first time for me that re- it really like blew my mind. I went, holy shit, this is amazing. Like. Something that's so recognisable, but com- but sounds completely different when I read it.
1: Have you read Pretty Deadly?
0: No, I haven't. It's so
1: good. I recommend it to people all the time.
0: Really, it's real nice. I've I've toyed with it, but it's kind of like, man, this ro- the roster I already have is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to support uh, not only female characters, female artists, female writers, but at the moment I'm just I'm looking at it really tough and just going. I, you you know, do I'm, read a lot. It's true. Yeah, and I've got to cut like heaps. Yeah, <laughs> and I, d- I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. But, um, but it, you know, and it's also heartening to go to some of these indie conventions and see so many women writing amazing stuff. And it, it really is unreal to be able to read something that's completely that, – that's not, it's not alien, but it's, it's from a different perspective that's so familiar yet completely different.
1: Mm. And I think, and I think uh, like – I feel like things are getting more diverse in terms of a whole bunch of different voices mm-hmm. in terms of what's out there right now and what's being supported, which is really cool. I mean, yeah. there's definitely you know a backlash against that as well, but um, yeah, but, but I mean, you know, but, like there's always going to be under, yeah, but it's cool that it's happening, and um, I feel like certainly in all the spaces that I'm in, it's, it's it's trying to make it's trying to make a really welcoming space where like like these things like different voices can be heard.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. I, I think it's extremely important, and all the detractors and all those like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. If you don't like it, don't read it. Mm. If you don't like it, go read something else. You know, no one's really busting your chops. You know, people are doing stuff because they love it. That's all it is. Mm. Um, yeah, it gets me upset. What, what do you prefer doing? Do you prefer writing or do you prefer drawing? What's What's your main?
1: I find writing really easy because mm-hmm. um, I like that. I find So I find that quite enjoyable and I can get – it's it's quicker than illustrating, ah, yeah, so like without, that's without the a thing. Doubt. yeah. <laughs> so I mean that's yeah. So like I, I feel like I can kind of bash a story together and like we qu- keep refining it as I'm as I'm drawing and stuff. It's kind of like a tandem thing, but yeah. So I feel like that's kind of fairly painless, and I feel like drawing um like illustrating is definitely more labor intensive. But yeah, I I I, I guess I've always I, I guess both. Like I enjoy I enjoy the ease of writing, but like I feel like illustration really challenges just me I guess yeah Yeah,
0: Yeah, I suppose you you get a lot more uh, what's the word feel a lot more accomplished once you've done Mm. an amazing piece of artwork versus hey I've really worked out how that character is going to (laughs) work against that character
1: (laughs) yeah but then um, but I think like that's from like me personally I feel like I I pulled a big emphasis on the visuals of of my stuff like as well as the writing but like I really care about my visuals but I feel like with other other people's work I'm not that not as critical kind of a thing but like yeah
0: have you ever exercised any personal demons or, or anything in any of your work? And um, would you?
1: I I'd, if you haven't. I like I started doing an autobiographical comic just about growing up and stuff, and then I was like, well, I think I made. I like I think I might come back to this kind of a thing because. I was seeing, because mm. I'd seen other people do autobiographical stuff, and I'm like, maybe I should try my hand at this, give it a go. But it's quite confronting. It is, like, isn't it? like much more than I thought it was going to be. And it's also that thing of people knowing you before they meet you kind of a thing, which is quite confronting as well, because you're, you, you're really you're at, weird. You're at yeah. conventions, you're blah, blah, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Something I might come back to you. Yeah. Because it's definitely stories you tell your friends as you get to know them, and it's like mm, well, just like jumping that yeah. step with a bunch of people, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I
0: find it incredibly courageous of people who do those kind of stories. Yeah, Katie Moon, uh, Craig Thompson. Mm. Uh, you know, when I read some of their, I read that you know books, and I was just like, oh my god, what well, you know, mm. what that's tough. Like you know, my life comparison is you know, it's like a butterfly flying through the. Mm. I think e- like
1: everybody has stuff in their lives that's difficult for sure. Yeah, like, I suppose, and then I think I guess that's why it's important to make work like that because you see yourself reflecting other people. I guess
0: it's um, incredibly brave.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, like I made a, a small comic about being harassed in the street, and that's like probably one of the most popular things I've ever done, which is really <laughs> strange.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> it's not. I don't think it is. I think it's important, <laughs> much like what you said earlier yeah. about you know about women being in comics and and. And particularly now, like, those types of stories are really – and, you know, they're everywhere. They're pretty much mm. the zeitgeist and they need to be told. Mm. They need to be done. So I'm not surprised that that's really popular at all.
1: Yeah, it was, it was just stuff just wanted to been murdered and a guy in the street threatened me basically. And, like, yeah. And yeah. so then a bunch of uh, – like, someone from work was walking behind me and then another guy I didn't know came over and was like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> on you Kind of, of a thing. Good on so him. that's cool. It was cool, right? But And then I had a lot of feedback from that saying you should do more stuff like this. Like, you should talk about more stuff like this. But I think – Uh, like a part of it is like and I've had worse stuff than that happened to my life for sure like being harassed in the street being followed by someone like all that kind of stuff and it's like but most women have like it's so common um, most women I talk to and and tell these stories to tell me back the same thing kind of thing but it's 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 not it's hard because it's not something you want to dwell on all the time Mm -hmm. and so I think it's um, it's yeah, in that moment, I was—I was just after this murder had happened, and I was like, "This is not. This isn't okay. This isn't okay. This is happening on the street, kind of thing." And I was—and I felt the need. That was exercising something absolutely, yeah. and it was cathartic. And I didn't expect anyone to look at it. And then um, it kind of, yeah. So, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's important, but it's like it's—it's, it's, ugh, it's rough.
0: Who would you like to collaborate with?
1: Gillian oh, I guess. <laughs> but I mainly just want to talk to her, I suppose. Yeah, like, so. okay. Um, who do I want to collaborate with? Mm, I don't know I'd like I haven't yet sent anything of mine to a publisher so I think that's probably the next
0: yeah, step right. well, kind cool. of thing
1: and I am collaborating with someone that I really wanted to collaborate with now this like author in Canada so that's something I'm working on wow that. that's um, awesome so yeah I really like their work and then they reached out to me and said I like your artwork and I was like okay so, um, so <laughs> it's that was, on yeah so that's, so that's cool um, so that's yeah so yeah I don't know I don't know
0: and finally what new projects have you got coming up
1: um, so I've I as a part of Mini Comic of the Month Club I mm-hmm. released the first few pages of like a longer work that I'm working on. Yep. Um, which is kind of this like adventure thing about a bunch of girls and a robot and um, it's really fun and I think that's something I wanted to make. What's it called? Oh, it's called Ten Years Ago Today, but that's the working title. I'm definitely gonna edit that one, I think. Okay. Um but it's gonna be probably the longest thing I've worked on can be around sixty pages, awesome. seventy pages kind of thing. And I'll make it a little publisher's a little graphic novel. Yes, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And it's like this tone that I really appreciate in like action adventure things that I haven't seen like stuff like this kind of made. Like mm-hmm. there's not many other titles. so I want to make something a bit different kind of a thing. Nice. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then, yeah, so – and then a, and like a bunch of other little things.
0: All the horror. And <laughs> yeah, and, and like I'm,
1: I'm going to do some more autobiographical kind of like just little snippety type things and I'll mm-hmm. probably make that into a little book and then probably an anthology of kind of like animal – like little animal characters going on adventures and stuff. and
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. Good luck. I'll see you very, well, I'll see you very soon. Thanks heaps. Cool. Thank you. And that's the end of this episode of Graphic Nature, the podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you use. It, it'll be uh, greatly appreciated. If you have any thoughts regarding the show, feel free to send an email to feedback at graphicnature.media. You can also catch the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For more information about the show, you can also visit Graphic Nature on the web by typing into your handy web browser or search engine, graphicnature.media. Thanks again for listening, and uh, you'll hear more from us in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot. Bye. Credits! Written, produced, and presented by Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio consultation, Dan Moore. Credits announcement, Simon Winkler audio excerpts of Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency, Wortham versus Gaines on Decency Standards, used courtesy of New York City Municipal Archives. You've been listening to Graphic Nature, the podcast.